Welcome to Theatre Tribe. I'm Adam, published author and poet and founder of The Novel Encounter. This is the podcast where I invite two fellow creatives to chat about their craft, the personal, everything and anything. I start this episode the way almost every great conversation begins, each of us breaking the ice with a question for the others. So who's first? Ladies first. Okay. There you go, Inch. Hi, I'm Inch and I'm a musician. And my question to the tribe is, what is your trauma? What the? <laughs> oh, wow. We went there for the first question. <laughs> uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Top that bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm not topping that. What's your favorite type on dish? What's your color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color, bro? Uh, hi, I'm Fawn. I'm the. Oh, wait, no, no, oh wait, I'm we, sorry. Um, I'm we, sorry. Yeah, we answer her first. We oh, her right. First. We answer the trauma question. Oh first. my god. Um, After you, Fawn. What's my trauma? Mm. That I. Hmm. Moment of serene silence. Fawn's putting on. Mascara now and a tear slowly rolling down. I have fear of abandonment. High five. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm a people pleaser. So like, um, I think a lot of times I'll just say sorry for no reason at all. Like a waiter will come over he'll drop the menu. I'll be like, oh, sorry. And then I'll be like, oh, you're not meant to say sorry. It's just, yeah. Okay, Farhan, you go. Well, as everyone's listening, my name is Farhan, as you all know, because my name has been mentioned a few times. Hi, um, I'm Farhan. I'm the editor-in-chief of A+. Cheer. What? No, no cheer. Like, as in like, yeah. Um, I, was, oh. I, I, I was giving you a, a sound of support. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm the editor-in-chief of A+. Uh, we're on readaplus.com. My question to the tribe is, if heaven exists, what do you want God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Yo, everyone you like is here. You're welcome. So it's a double entendre. It's like, you're welcome for everything I've given you and you're welcome in. Like, you're welcome. Okay, my turn. <laughs> uh, for my, um, my question is, if you could be anywhere in the world tonight, where would you want to be? I want to be home with my, with my girlfriend. Hey. 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 Plus points, plus points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually good right here. I don't need to be anywhere else. Yay. Welcome to the tribe. Does anyone have a toast? Fahan? Yes, I do, but Yay. I do not have a glass uh, in front of me. <laughs> okay, you could always just get, get your bottle. Okay. So for the last episode, we're all just drinking water right now, which is very, <laughs> very tame and very sweet. <laughs> uh, Kevin's grabbing Fahan a glass. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. All right. Uh, what's your toast, Fahan? Um, may you be in heaven 30 minutes before the devil knows your date. Picky blinders. Cheers, <laughs> cheers. <laughs>for coming guys so I guess the main reason I, I put the three of us together is because our paths seem to fit pretty cohesively given the main topic I wanted to talk about which is this overlying um, question mark thing called chat GBT oh. um, but that's not the main reason why I wanted to chat anyway but it's just something that I kind of found interesting for a writer for a singer and for an editor because it a lot of people seem to be cowering in fear over it 
So, but before I go into that, I kind of want to know, like, how did you guys start doing what you do, Farhan, in media publications and Inch um, writing music? Oh, it's me first now. Um, yeah, gentlemen first. I, I've always enjoyed writing. And I think back in secondary school, um, I always got A. And and I always tell like a lot of, uh, you know, even teachers this nowadays, I feel like whatever that you tell your students, it impacts them because my teacher always told me, Farhan, you're a good writer. You're a great writer. Oh, same as mine, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it always kind of like imprinted on me and, you know, and I kept writing and kept writing. Of course, you get better when you the more you keep doing it. Uh, and then I would then do kind of magazines for my for my classes. Yeah. As in like for like secondary school, I would do like a small magazine. Uh, and then when I went to poly to study mass com, I went into journalism. So I think it was just like really passion, someone who believed in me uh, and said I was good at something. Uh, and I just kept going at it. And and I, kept, I guess I kept getting good grades, but I really enjoy telling people's stories. And that's how I ended up where I am today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you kind of went from a few publications over the years, right? First yeah. it was August Man, then The Peak, then mm-hmm. now. Um, what made you actually decide to shift or stay? Oh, wow. Um, I think it's it's really about growth more than anything. Yeah. And uh, the op- opportunity to tell a story that I believed in, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm, business reasons, of course, as well. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Right. Inch? I started in music uh, when I was, I guess, 14, when a really cute guy outside of school was like, hey, you want to check out my band? Oh, God. Well, uh, did he have like a guitar behind him? Of course he <laughs> Was did. he under an apple tree <laughs> just strumming away? <laughs> no, he was at Peninsula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As you would expect, a guy with a guitar. Um, but yeah, and then I was like, yeah, so when I met, so cool, this, this mysterious guy. And then I went to, I had to sneak out of the house to go catch the gig. Then I discovered local music. I discovered this guy was playing in a band. They wrote their own songs. My brain couldn't compute it because before that, all I heard was Britney Spears on the radio. Yeah. And uh, just someone making, creating and doing their own thing. So I started out not as a musician, but just as a fan, I guess. So I was like, just any opportunity to go watch a gig, I would have done it. Like, like you know, just sneaking up the house to do it. And then uh, eventually, I think at about 16, I was like, hey, I guess I could start a band on my own. So I went onto a forum in, at that time, like a music forum called soft.com.sg. Oh my God, I know that one. I know, yeah. old school. It's I've never heard of it. School. What is it's, this? It's basically- That shows our age age. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pre-Reddit, pre-everything. It was like the local music forum yeah. for you to like get gear before Carousel, before anything, you know? Wow. And like, uh, yeah, so like literally in one of the, the discussion segments, it's like 16-year-old girl looking to join a band as a singer. And then I got a few ads. I went for a few auditions at like a jamming studio that doesn't exist anymore called Boons. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Um, at Putong Pasir. Oh no, I've, I, I've, I think I know which about, yeah, yeah it's been super old yeah. school and rinky dinky um but it, it's got a rinky dinky old flavor to it and uh yeah i remember show, showing up to various like hardcore bands led zeppelin cover bands and then i eventually met two of the other guitarists and we just started playing in a band with the most pretentious band name on the planet what was it auburn's epiphany <laughs> <laughs> i know 
where they come from. So fucking cringe, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> and then back then you're 16, you're like, oh my God, we're so cool. We got this name. It's so deep, you know? <laughs> what, um, what was the name of some of, your, uh, some of the songs you created? Uh, it's, uh, oh, I don't even remember. I'm a bit douchey. No, it's it's not stupid. I guess like some one of some of it was called "For You, For Me," "Fairy oh, Tale," fine. like not nothing too crazy, nothing too pretentious. Yeah, it's just the band name was, and maybe it's one of the members in the band. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, eventually, uh, yeah, we we disbanded. We formed another band called Allura, and that's where I guess I got most known for eventually for doing the indie scene stuff and all of this was happening as like a hobby some people played golf and basketball i was just doing all of this after school yeah then at, at what point did you guys realize that you were good like for farhan was it the moment that you became chief editor or was it like some like something that happened before that i still don't think i'm good oh shut <laughs> up farhan <laughs> no i'm serious um i don't know like i feel like as an artist you 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 know they, you always feel like it's your your work is never complete. Okay, fine, I get you know it. What I mean, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. And there's always something that you can improve on, but it's like okay, there's the deadline, and you just gotta push it out anyway. So then you just push it out, and then people say this is great, and they're like, what? No, it's not great. Like I think there's a lot more stuff that I could do if yeah. I had more time. Yeah, because mm. I remember that like when I do live events, usually I, okay, not to brag, but people say, oh, I like it, I feel something. And I remember there was one person who came up to me, and as I was typing halfway, she goes, oh, by the way, I'm a poet too. And immediately I went, oh shit, okay, oh, oh, I need to pull out the big guns. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's talk about oceans and skies and symmetry and inclinations. Let's go. And, and Auburn's epiphanies. Yeah, Auburn's epiphanies. <laughs> and I remember that at some point, I realized, actually, I'm not writing like, like I usually am. Like, mm. I'm not engaging with the person. I'm not laughing. I'm not talking mm. to them. I'm literally just trying to write something that I think they will like, which yeah. actually is takes away the point of why you write mm. in the first place. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm similar to you. I'm trying my best to accept that I'm a certain way but I still don't think I'm there yet either yeah yeah but absolutely like sometimes I read the stuff that I wrote when I was in my 20s I'm like oh my Ghastly. god what is this <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I published this <laughs> you? I think I I mean I slightly dis- I'm awesome <laughs> no no I mean I, I don't think I'm, I'm still similar to you guys I don't think I'm on the road of anywhere in the final form or how I think I'm good at but uh Inch trying to be a mile <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's more of like, I definitely think, uh, when I first got paid, that's, I think that was probably like, Ooh, I I can do this for money. (laughs) You know? Did you cash it? No. Uh, so the first job I ever had, uh, well, I got paid with a skill that I had. It wasn't doing music, but I was singing a jingle for a ad. And, uh, so I sang the jingle for Cartoon Network. Oh wow, that's cool! And then can you sing it for us? Yeah, now? Can you do uh, it. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember, but it was like Green Sundays from nine eleven to twelve p.m. You know that sort of a thing. Oh, and then you do okay, like a okay, little jingle. All right, all right, okay. And then uh, I got paid like two hundred bucks to just do it because yeah. I was just green. I still keep the check till today. I'm similar to you. Um, I still keep my hundred dollar check. Yeah. No way, you still have it? I, and I feel sorry for that company that their books will never be balanced because of that. <laughs> but like, I just thought like I wanted to keep the check and I did. Yeah. Wow. I still keep the check because it was, it was like, you know, I can sing and people would pay me money to sing and it was like a huge thing for me. Do you ever get imposter syndrome though? A hundred percent, all the yeah. time. Because, I mean, I love doing what I do, but I feel 
it's also at the same time so easy for me. I feel it's strange to get paid for it. Mm. Right. You know? Yeah. But this is just exclusively to singing. Let's just not talk about like writing, creating. I feel that's different altogether. Because mm. if it's just singing, I definitely have imposter syndrome. Right. When it comes to writing, it's a different kind of imposter st- syndrome. Because the second time that we met, you were DJing at this event that I was doing poetry at. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you said that this is your first time doing it. Yeah, it was my first time DJing. How, like, um, <laughs> how, how do you get there? <laughs> Uh, I just was like, I woke up one day and I was like looking at DJs and I was like, how did they do it? It looks so easy. And then I... (laughs) (laughs) Shout out all the local DJs. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but like, cause I, as a performer and a live performer, right? Where you lug your gear, you, you, you get proficient at an instrument, you go up on stage, you play, you perform, everything is live. And then I'm watching DJs and I'm like... And I and I and I was I felt like I was asking stupid questions to my DJ friends like so all you do is play other people's song all night <laughs> whoa fuck and then all of them were like and I wasn't trying to be mean yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. trying to understand it because yeah. to me it was like foreign yeah and it still is today you just press play you just <laughs> press this button and you make sure the BPM is sync and then one song goes to the next and it doesn't sound like it's a cut and then they're like yeah and I'm. And you do that for four hours? And I'm like, yeah. Okay, I think I can try that. <laughs> you know? how, how did it go, actually? I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I think the crowd liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're having a blast. Uh, and I mean, it's not about me. I was like hoping, you know, you hope that when you DJ, people are responding to what you're playing. I always and, love that because I think that yeah. for Far and I being writers, right? Mm. You, it's always a one-on-one kind of thing. You write something and someone has to take the time to look and read it, right? Yeah. But when you're a DJ, the the energy is palpable and you literally shift the entire balance totally. of the room. The feedback is immediate. Yeah, yeah you're the god in the room essentially. Yeah. So if you, like, if you, if everyone's partying and you suddenly play like Beethoven or something like that, then immediately everyone goes, oh, huh. Yeah. The flow changes. Like you, you totally have the, the ability to do that. And I guess like, you know, in many ways, I think it's easy. The barrier of entry to be a DJ is very low, but the barrier to get amazing yeah. is really high. Which I think it's good because when you meet really good DJs, there are, I think what makes a good DJ is number one, they're excellent curators mm-hmm. and you can't imitate that, you know? You're yeah. not playing some random thing. You're like off the top of a hit, you're a walking encyclopedia of music. And then on top of that, your ability to be able to know each song, sync each song, creatively, tastefully do it and you're also a reader of the vibes. Yeah, for sure. So if you can vi- read the room well, that's also a really great skill. So to me, all these things are what makes a great, amazing DJ. I'm mm. obviously not at that level. <laughs> so I'm just a, I curated something and I'll just play and look like I'm having fun. Bobbing your head and everything. <laughs> yeah, for, for the benefit of all uh, people listening, may I know what event this is? <laughs> the the both of you met? Oh, what was time? it again? No, it, it was some launch party. It was a, yeah, it was it was a private company event, yeah. Oh, and then okay. I was DJing. But it was, it was fun. I was playing like disco house. Can you teach me how to DJ? Yeah, I can. Okay. It's, I, I honestly, I'll just teach what I know, all I know. <laughs> that's it. What kind of music do you DJ? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah disco house. Oh. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. But I feel like all music's kind of four in the floor house. It's just how creative you get about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, it depends on how dirty you want it to be as well. And mm, genre vibes, hip hop, whatever. Still goes back to your ability to curate, you know? 
Yeah. Maybe. I have a friend who told me once that she l- exclusively listens to techno, mm. but not at home. She, at home, she likes like lo-fi and whatnot, but in clubs and whatnot, she exclusively goes to techno because she says that the beat is very consistent mm. and then literally everyone is dancing to the same rhythm. It's mm. not like you're waiting for the chorus. So I find that quite interesting, actually. Yeah. I guess everyone has their preference of music. I make fun of people who go to Mambo Jumbo. <laughs> I, I don't know what Mambo Jumbo is. You what? Wait, wait, Mambo as in call me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you're, so you're laughing at our mutual friend chick. Yes. <laughs> yes, I make fun of all of you. <laughs> is there anything that you would personally like to explore? Like um similar to Inch exploring DJing. Is there any kind of creativity that you personally want oh, to Oh wow. Um Hmm. Photography maybe. Yeah, oh. like to be a really good photographer, right? Because um, it kind of f- fits with what you're doing anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I find good photographers really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they can see a picture mm-hmm. and I'm seeing the same thing and I don't see that picture. Yeah. And then when they take that photo, I'm like, what? How do you do that? Like, how do you see the angles and just yeah. take a photo and it looks good and it's on an iPhone? Yeah. Yeah, like the equipment doesn't even matter. Um, it's like you can just use any old camera or any like like whatever you have on hand, on hand and just take a photo and you're good. So yeah, Sorry. photography for sure. Mm. Can I ask what you what's the most difficult part about what you guys do? Mm. Like most given how you be, you guys okay, um how long have you been doing this inch since you were fourteen or sixteen I would say right. and fine since wow uh I guess I've been in publishing for. For 13, 14 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, what, what do you guys think is the most difficult thing about what you do? And, oh, and she's counting with her fingers. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I'm, oh my God, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, so this, that's why Inch is a musician. This year, I'm 21. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've been doing this for, for oh my God, like 17 years, coming to 18, 17. Damn. Hmm. I'm embarrassed to say it. No, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, no, it's embarrassing. It's like, what have I done in these years? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like. Well, with that in mind, like, so what's the most difficult thing about what you guys do, and what, on the flip side, is the most rewarding? Mm. Wow. The most uh, difficult thing I think I have to do. It's not art. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like life is more difficult than art. Yeah. <laughs> like lifing is harder. Uh, art makes it easier. So even Ooh. if it's making the like m- challenging art, which I would say uh, I enjoy doing challenging art. In fact, I don't want to do anything else but when art making is challenging, then it's proper. Define challenging. Um, You're out of your comfort zone. You're exploring something important. There is a level of unknown that you actually are trying to discover. And the work has curiosity, uh, your heart, your soul, your and and in in an imprint of who you are in that moment, and I think that's very important. Oh, okay. So what's the, what's the most rewarding then? I guess you just answered that. Yeah, it's, they're all kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah, they're all both like you are only you will only get as much as you try to give into the work. Yeah, Mister hmm. Fahan. Um. Also What's known it? as N- Nutella Panther, like I like to call you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so far and I have known each other for a while, Inch. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing, it's, it's, it's going to be boring, but actually balancing the commercial interest with mm. artistic interest. Commerce, commerce um, right? creativity, right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, you want to get paid for your for your art or you know for your writing yeah. or for, for whatever you're creating. Uh, but you have to balance the 
someone's commercial aspects of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you create something that you like or do you create something that the ma- the mass likes? And then you have clients as well. Mm. And do you, you know, make the logo bigger? I'm like, but who cares about the logo? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And the next, I, I guess to answer your the question, what's the most rewarding thing? Actually, I have a story for this. Um, Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've interviewed many, several people, um, you know, whether they're very noteworthy people in their respective fields. Uh, and one in particular, uh, he is the chairman of an investment bank. And I spent a few days with him uh, to get to know him better, to write a profile. Um, very nice chap. Uh, he, I mean, he he really gave me the time of his day, even though he's such a busy man, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote a story uh, over copious amounts of whiskey. And what I told him was, hey, I want you to read the story just to make sure that uh, there's nothing that you told me that maybe you think back, like, I want to take that back because it happens yeah. pretty often. Yeah. Uh, and I respect that uh, because I'm not in the business of what I call gotcha journalism. Like, ha, I gotcha. You're you know? definitely not. Yeah. yeah. So I, I gave it to him and I guess he read it sometime in the evening of that day. He called me and he was crying. Oh, um, shit. I mean, not like big sobbing tears. It's just, you know, like he was talking and then suddenly he started tearing up. And then I said, oh no, so I'm so sorry. Like, like, what's the story bad? <laughs> and then he was like, no, fun. Like, you captured me so well and, and I'm really, really, really moved by this piece. Huh? Yeah. So I guess like, Aww. when you hear that stuff, stuff, right? Like, wow. Like, you have the ability or your work has the ability to, to move people in such a way that you know, art has that has that has yeah. that potential ability, right? So, yeah, I yeah. guess that, that made me feel good. Now yeah, that's really nice. That's mm-hmm. really nice. You're a literary photographer. You captured a perspective of him that he felt. Yeah, he recognized yeah. that he knows himself. Yeah. right? like he he obviously went like whatever he's reading is about himself. <laughs> so he knows what, he's, what I'm going to write about. Yeah. But still, yeah. I have a Farhan story. Uh, I want to quickly segue into yeah. this. Yeah. So I think I always tell this story though. So basically, um. I'm okay. I'm quite self-deprecating as a person, mm-hmm. so I think years back, um, Fahan used to call me out for it. So, mm. uh, and then one day, him and I were having a drink, and then he suddenly said that, um, "Hey, you should really try to get published." This is before I got published, and I said that no, like I don't think I'm good enough. And he said, "No, you are. Like there are very re- there are very few people who actually can capture something the way that you do, and I think you should." And I, 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 I forgot what you said, like, but you said it in a way that made me go like. Ah oh, fuck! Like, I can't remember it word for word, but I remember after our conversation, I went home and started emailing people. Wow! So actually, probably if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gotten published anytime sooner because I was still in my own head, and I still don't get commission. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> such a prick. <laughs> no, but I think like it goes back to belief, right? Like mm. what you say, I, having someone believe in you, I think is one of the most powerful things. Because I as well like would not have the energy that I do today if it weren't for some people that really believed in me. You want to shout them out or? Well, one of them passed away a while ago. Oh, shit. And in fact, it actually cements my belief even more because in many ways, he's more immortal than than most. Yeah. Uh, His name was Wayne Thunder. That's what I call him. Shout out, Wayne. Mm. Shout out, Wayne. And he belonged in this epic Singaporean band called The Bored Fucks. And they were like legendary. B-O-A-R-D or (laughs) B-O-R-E-D? B-O-R-E-D. B-O-R-D. Like, uh, Bored. P-H-U-C-K-S. Yeah. Because censorship. And I think they were one of the first acts in Singapore that basically got arrested because they played a set at the youth park. 
And wow. then one of their songs called Aishokamai. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, I, I, I guess... Don't look at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, along the lines of like, uh, come, come and get that pussy or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Or, okay. yeah. And, and and essentially the whole entire chorus is uh, Nabe Jibai Aishokamai. That's the whole, that's the whole chorus. Riveting. Riveting and lyrics. And just like yelling that the whole entire time. And I think some lady walked by and She was, was like, what the fuck? Called the police, of course. And then the police came and had to arrest the band. And the best part was the band was charged for outraging this woman's modesty. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't know that one. Yeah. I, I heard the story about them yeah. being arrested. So that was the actual thing. They were oh, arrested wow. because they outraged a woman's that modesty. That probably gave them more publicity though. Oh yeah. Well, that's why they're legendary. It's like yeah. probably one of the most punk rock bands in Singapore ever. And um, that aside, after that, they were banned from playing from Singapore. <laughs> so they left and they they started a career in Australia and they became they renamed the Suns and they're a really great band. Uh, but Wayne came back to Singapore and started a little movement called Gila Rock. But he just came back for like maybe a month or two. Yeah. And he was already getting stuff off the ground, like concerts and stuff off the ground and sort of doing like trying to build the scene. And uh he passed after that. And mm. there are very few people in this world who I know are doers. Like a lot of people talk a big talk. He's one of the few people that I know that like just he was a really special person so how did he make you feel um um well he one he he was one of the few people that like i he won he mixed one of our records uh from some of our singles and uh yeah he just totally believed in me like he wanted me to keep doing what i did and sometimes these things are not really like there was never like a young pedo on you're gonna be great or anything <laughs> like that no it, it was more of by action like you could totally see like he recommended you for shows he mm. give you your gigs like more like you know it's really a doer yeah um even down to things like it's he's organizing the poster. He's going to a printing shop to photocopy posters and stick in every jamming studio by oh, him, sick. Wow. by himself. Yeah, and he was just like a real cool dude, you know. And I think like he kind of really enforced like this thing in me till date. It's one of those things. Like there are a lot of people who talk a big talk about oh we need the scene needs to change we need to do mm. shit and stuff like but that. But he actually did stuff for it. Yo yeah like talk is fucking cheap and to me like if you want to make it happen make it fucking happen. Period. Man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Previously, I was um, when you guys first got here, we were having a conversation about how you guys first met. Do you mind if I ask? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was on a shoot with him. Back yeah. when Fahan was uh, still... And so August I was... Uh, yeah, I was uh, managing editor of August Man, a men's lifestyle journal. Yeah. And we were shooting several local people um, for... I think it was the August issue. Yes, correct, correct, it's correct. probably so a national day issue. Yeah, it was a like national that. issue. So we wanted to feature like... Um, you know, trailblaze, uh, like local trailblazers or those who have made their mark on the scene. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I reached out to Inch. This was many, many years back. Six years back, I imagine. Yeah. Although, I'm pretty sure. So what we did was we got all of the these local trailblazers to sing, a, to sing parts of the song of uh, A Whole New World from Aladdin. Uh, and I'm very, very sure that this video is still up on the August Man Facebook page. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to find it 
after we end this. Oh God. <laughs> Put it in the footnotes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's it's somewhere there. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Can I ask now about um what I initially wanted to ask you guys about, which is chat GVT. Because okay, yeah. um, mm-hmm. the reason why I asked how you guys first met is that when Inch and I first met, it was at a live event. And I think I asked her, how do we even get into the topic? I, no, I, oh, oh, I think because before you, someone in front of me said, and recently at live events, people keep saying to me, hey, are you a, li- are you a human chat GBT? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I just think people who think they're funny have no business yeah. being funny. So, so I have to go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm okay. this up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they, they all mean in good spot. So yeah. when she came up to me and uh, I think I made a joke about, oh, please don't ask me if I'm human chat GBT. And that's how we started talking about it. Oh. And so uh, I, I, I kind of know her stance on it, but Fahan, what's your stance on chat GBT? What do you mean by stance? Like, am I for or against it? Like, like, because uh, I know a lot of people, because a lot of people, especially people in comms, they feel like their livelihoods can potentially be affected. Mm. And when people tell me that a, this chatbot can create a poem within 10 seconds, it is a little bit freaky. La. So I'm actually wondering what your stance on it is. So, I mean, ultimately, oh man this is gonna sound some boring and like business like right but mm-hmm. ChatGPT really just uh, scrolls through or web crawls through uh, the entirety of the internet uh, which is basically stuff that humans have created um, from until 2021 so there is still that opportunity to create new things mm. that then ChatGPT will create now so that's that right that ultimately we will still create new art new kinds of music new, new ways of telling stories um, and ChatGPT is just uh, they aggregate it a lot better than we do. Then, of course, many people have asked me, like, how does that affect writing? And People ask me that too. Yeah, and I say it doesn't because ultimately, um, when you write, you write from your heart, you write from your soul. That's one. Number Preach. two, yeah. And, you know, so, so like like a, a few young writers have asked me what I, what I think about ChatGPT and I said, look, at the end of the day, what makes you different from ChatGPT is that you're human, so you just got to double down on humanity, mm. right? What is the point of of creating all these tools, um, but then you you become a robot yourself? You already have a robot that's already doing that for you, so you just double down on humanity, double down on what makes humans great, what makes humans connect with each other. So I think to me, like like I mentioned earlier on in this podcast, when you when you create a work of art. I don't think anything that ChatGPT creates can move someone to cry. Honestly, mm. I think it would be very, very hard. But I think uh, a, a piece of music that you create, that someone listens to, that's totally new but speaks to them uh, on that human level, you double down humanity and that will move them, right? So yeah, like I'm not worried about ChatGPT. I, I think it's great, to be honest. Like Obviously, as a sub-editing tool, you throw your throw your article on on it and let let you, it lets you see oh okay there are different syntax errors or whatever yeah that's fine right but I don't think you can create art the way humans can that's my boy right there yeah <laughs> sorry um do, um do you mind repeating what yeah what no you I'm mm-hmm. happy to repeat I love technology in general and I find AI or any kind of technology is only as good as is the people that are using it mm-hmm. so in this case like um I think the fear amongst people are is valid. Uh, I mean, because what it really essentially does in many ways, and it's it's going to be really upsetting for people to hear this, is that the technology is going to weed out mediocre artists. Mm. Which then, the fear for me as an artist is, 
Am I a fucking mediocre I'm artist? I'm same as you. Oh, the God. the thing I ask, you know? And I'm like, because like, I, I definitely see this, comp- and as well, it also solves a lot of problems of bad clients, in my opinion. So OpenAI, they have a few things, right? Like G- Chat GPT, DALI, which is the visual arts version of it. And there are a few other companies that are working on music variations of mm. it as well. So when you score a movie or what now, when you do movies and short films and stuff like that, like in the past, like custom made jingles are out the window. That's been a huge decline since 20 years ago already. Yep. So now you can easily whip up a mood, a score, and like AIs can totally do the music. So can I be completely replaced as an artist to do your film for you? A hundred percent. And a lot of the technology can be done extremely well, you know, but I don't think, uh, so the, uh, the the client that's like, you know, commercial who just wants this snappy 60 minute sort of a thing, I, honestly, in my opinion, go to the AI, you know, if you, that's the quality of the client, mm. then go there. You're and gonna, if your budget doesn't. And <laughs> yeah, if that's your budget and you're happy to cut and yeah. we'll weed out everybody in terms of like, you know, uh, then sure, you know, I would rather not do that work for pittance anyway. Um, but then you get, then you weed out the quality clients, like people who eventually go like, I want a movie to be done by a, or a film done by a proper artist with this particular flavor. And they see the value in the cloud of bringing an artist as well, because an artist is not just a product churner. You know, there's so many other aspects about the artist, the values that they carry, the the work that, their, their body of work that represents them. So these are other intangible values that I think bring into the work and you split that out and the only downside about all of this I see is the general perception of value of art. That's how I think AI is going to affect people. Yeah. Not necessarily the process of the artist. In fact, I feel like most artists, like there's been quite a lot of studies like on the DALI side and the visual side. A professional a graphics designer is is working DALI and then a pleb, let's just call them pleb, yeah. that works DALI and they're meant to do two different challenges. The work quality of work by the artist using AI is significantly higher than the plap using it. It's kind of like the way that you told me how when Photoshop first came about, yeah. people were up in arms about yeah, it. Totally. Yeah, totally. I feel like every technology kind of comes out. When Photoshop first came out, all the painters were really annoyed that, you know, mm. what do you mean? Like, you can, all these things you can do this, like all these shortcuts, you can airbrush this thing out, you know, whatever it is. What do you mean? So, and then now, like, you know, when it kind of evolved to this way, I think just people are just up in arms and I think that insecurity is valid. Mm. It's just like, yeah, what what to me, the real question, the real problem is how we perceive value of art in the future by the masses, which then might be our jobs as artists to be able to really educate pe- people on the value of working with us, you know? Have you tried using ChatGBT to write a song? Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> or it, it's like it's like I, I was telling I love chat GPT I'm, I'm actually a GPT plus member oh wow I subscribe Whoa. to it how much I is use it? it I have no it's idea it's 20 bucks yeah. a month okay. that's actually not that bad and I use it every day uh, yeah I use it every day it writes my emails for me there's no sponsored post I said no it's not <laughs> I, I, this is me confessing what a lazy asshole I am and then how everybody right now who's like getting an email from me is like what the hell what it's not actually <laughs> it's not a real email from you yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's usually chat GPT correcting it's artificial in <laughs> artificial in. <laughs> uh, I use it for my recipes sometimes like structuring recipes creating syllables programs SOPs that I don't want to write <laughs> and like it's really great um and i've been learning python so like you know it's been really great like Damn. the programming so it's been a great way to yeah. figure out my bugs for me um so I, I i love it very very much um and i think it's really great but i 
what was the point of me bringing this up? I don't remember. I don't remember, <laughs> but I was just asking about if you used it to create music because I wanted to yes. segue. Yeah. So obviously, for I used it to create music. Yeah. And then I was like, I gave it parameters to write music and I've tried to put it in different styles or whatever it is. But similarly to how you would get an intern to do the work, you know, it, mm. it's someone who you taught the basics, they understand it, but they're just going to do an imitation of what yeah, you do. Yeah, it's up do. to you to create something that's yours. Yeah, so it would be like, so when you I tell it to write a song about, an angry song about taking like a anti-establishment punk, punk rock song, mm. it's going to do it and it does it, but it's the most cookie cutter mm. way, like song ever lyrically. Right. It's really like a 16 year old that just discovered Anaki and was like, let me write a song. It, Auburn it's Epiphany. Exactly. Uh, Auburn Epiphany. <laughs> exactly. It would just go for the lowest hanging fruit. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, ah, okay. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared. How, <laughs> um, how, what's your usual um, process of writing music actually? Because I, I think I told you this before. It's, it feels very much like poetry to me. Uh, song lyrics. I, I guess so. But sometimes, to me actually, the, the bed of the music is most important. So I start usually with like, the music first okay. and then subsequently I'll put layer lyrics on it or it could be the other way around where I just have an idea and I'll write it down so and what really helps is the song titles if I actually figure out what the song title is sometimes I can pretty much encapsulate the whole song how do you figure it out just based on the tune though mm, I, I really don't know how to explain it other than it, I'm just that good no <laughs> it's it, it's it's something it's something quite like it, you're really grasping in the dark and you just know when you get it yeah right mm. like you're just read it, reaching out into the ether and then somehow you're like ah this is something and you're like look in your hands and you're like ah I could keep this and you keep it <laughs> I'm actually gonna subscribe to ChatGPT now after you said that <laughs> yeah it's I think it removes busy work, right? Administrative work. Exactly. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Stupid anyway. work. I don't want to do. That's yeah. what the beauty of automation is. So mm. to me, it's this, right? I, if you look into the world uh, with scarcity, you will receive scarcity. If you look the world in abundance, you will see abundance. If you wow. look, approach this as well with, if you go to Jap Jabiti, knowledge, and you go like, I'm going to feel insecure about this technology. Mm. It's only going to feed your insecurity as well. So to me, I'm approaching ChatGPT and like, you my bitch, so let's do this, you know? It's a, it's a, it's a good quote for relationships as well, right? <laughs> Wait, what? You're my bitch? No, that's terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. no. If, you look, terrible. If, if you look at your relationship, you're like, oh, it's a scarcity, then your relationship is going to be scarcity. I think I was thinking about like, it's always like teacher, teacher, sorry, not teachers. Cheaters think their partners are cheating. Yeah. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah. I think it was like, I think people who want to cheat they will cheat. Yeah. yeah. And the more that you cling on, the more likely they are to feel suffocated. Probably. Mm. Wait, how, how, how do you even get on this I topic? I have no idea. No, sorry. Uh, the, <laughs> you, you if you look at the wall and uh, scarcity, yeah. then it's going to be scarce. If you look at the wall and it's abundant, it's going to be abundant. Yeah. The universe will make way. Mm. Mm. I would like that. Mm. Do you mind if I ask you about your own podcast, Fahan? Oh, sure. You yeah. Have a yeah, I can shout out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out, Fahan. <laughs> It's actually a lot less professional than this. <laughs> no, no. Just in Fahan's bedroom. <laughs> uh, no, so it's called The Lessons We Learned. Uh, and I co-host that with Anna Hautanto. Uh, she's an entrepreneur. So it's really more, it's not, it's not about creative actually. So we uh, interview business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, CEOs, etc. Mm. And we, instead of talking about business, uh, we asked, ask them about the lessons that they've learned 
uh, while building that business. Hence the name Inch. Yeah. The yeah. lessons we've learned. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 a podcast. Um, I think we're eight episodes deep. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Podcasts, and I learned so much from all of them, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they talk and then you know, like, cause so the the format is not like this. Like, there's two interviews, two two, two interviewers, sorry, and one interviewee, and then we just chat with them. Triangulate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's uh wildly different. Uh, but yeah, I've learned so much from them. Like, I've learned so many kind of like different ways to think mm-hmm. about certain situations. Yeah, so. So basically, Farhan, I, I don't know if you watch Inside the Actor's Studio. Oh. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so basically, um, you know, at the end of the, every episode, James Lipton asks yes. the, the, the questions. Yeah. So Farhan um, a- added it into his um, yeah. thing as well. Actually, the question that I asked is from Inside the Actor's yeah, Studio. Yeah, it's the question. Yeah. So I wanted to- Because I have no creative bone in my body. Yes, yeah. you do, Farhan. <laughs> so I actually wanted to do something similar with those questions that Farhan asked, but in my own format. Okay. So, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, ten questions. Number one, are you where you want to be in your life right now? Yes. Damn, that was fast. Take a minute. Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought the idea of this ten questions was supposed oh, no, to be no, no, yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was teasing. Sorry. Not <laughs> still yes though. Yeah, that's good. It's a struggling yes. Yeah. A struggling yes. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I think I'm coming to terms. I think one of the things that I've, that's been on my mind is congruence, like congruence of being and congruence in value. And I think everyone kind of kind of like struggles with a level of congruence with themselves. Uh, but yeah, the hope is that who you are now is who you want to be. And I am at this point where I am coming to terms that I am not who I want to be at the moment. Oh no. Oh. I f- now I feel very shallow and superficial. No, <laughs> not at all. Don't. Not, not at all, actually. Um, no, um, I, I admire you. No, I wish to be at your spot. I'm so simple, don't, simple-minded. Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, you're in a good I'm spot. I'm not. You know? <laughs> Have you guys heard this story of Alex? Okay, so yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm like disrupting my own questions, but it's a story about Alexander the Great and, and this philosopher, Diogenes or something. Dionysus? Yeah. And he's chilling in a barrel. And he's chilling in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dio, Diogenes, like he's just chilling in a barrel, like in just like really drab clothes. And Alexander the Great has just come back from like conquering another place, and he and he stands in front of the philosopher and says, um, "He says, I'm Alexander the Great. I have all the money in the world. I've conquered everything. I'll give you anything you want right now. What do you want?" And the philosopher goes, "Aren't you get off my light?" Oh <laughs> no way! And oh so, my god. Okay, sorry. I have another quote for that, but you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, so yeah. But the story ends with Alexander the Great walking away, and he tells his advisor. He said, "If I wasn't Alexander the Great, I want to be him." Because mm-hmm. Alexander the Great was a fundamentally, like he was always chasing after the next thing, which I yes. feel like is a little bit me. Yes. But it's a good thing that I, I'm not sure if I'm just putting in a blanket statement. But it's good to have people where you are able to be content with where you are. Yeah. And I feel that, I, I don't know about you, Inch, but I have trouble with that. Mm. Mm. There's a, so Wall Street, mm. uh, the, the first Wall Street film, uh, Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko, and was was in that film. And yes. someone asked, I forgot who it was, which character, I need to watch that again. Uh, asked Gordon Gecko, uh, I'm not sure if you've watched Wall Street before, any of you. No, I, I Wolf did. of Wall Street? No, 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 no Wall, Wall Street. Street. No. Like the OG No, Wall I haven't Street. seen okay. it, no. So a chap asked Gordon Gecko, who's this like hedge fund kind of big shot guy, asked, uh, what is your magic number? Magic number meaning how much are you going to get before you retire, right? So asked Gordon, what is your magic number? Mm. And Gordon Gecko says, 
more. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wow. That's built into the humans. That's right? built in. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the famous line from it is greed, for yeah. lack of a better word, is good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm content. I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> I'm content of where I am. I just, I think internally I'm struggling with finding congruence of mm. who I want to be and where who I am right now. Because I think I've just gone through a really rough period and I think I haven't been the best me. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's all right. So I think that's where I am. Mm. I think to to lead on from that, I feel like so I used to be like that, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, but I think what what sort of helped me was realizing that as I go through life, I have different experiences, and because of those different experiences, who I want to be inside will change, right? Or who I want to be congruent versus where I want to go towards might change. Absolutely. Which then made me realize, hang hang on, like all these experiences just add on, and doesn't matter who I am, like it's. Uh, just suck less every day, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the <laughs> bar. Less. Suck less. A great every woman day. once said, "Just suck less every day." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> oh shit! I just realized that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. Wait, okay, question number two. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite snack? <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. It's no Farhan. Oh, no. Farhan. Farhan. I don't know. Sweet or savory? They're both very different categories. I was going on okay. a totally different route. I know you were. <laughs> Technically, it's still sweet, Fahan. Yeah. Um, okay, you can choose one sweet and one savory. How about that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet would be a tutukwe. Is that sweet? Is tutukwe sweet? Yeah, it is sweet. Coconut, right? Uh, depends. Coconut, peanut, or plain. I like it plain. Oh, Ooh, peanut. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and savory? Uh, I would go with freshly popped popcorn. Ooh, sweet or, sweet or salted? Salted. Oh, or like wow. in between, like a mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So, so sorry, segue. No, we can f- feel free to segue. I love mixed popcorn. Me too. But then my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy. What? Why? Why are you so crazy at all? She's like, who the hell eats mixed popcorn? <laughs> Everyone. There's a reason why it's an option. Yeah. Do you, you hear that, babe? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I cannot accept is stale popcorn. Mm, mm. Okay, so that's my issue with uh, a lot of Singapore cinemas, actually. Oh my God, it's so stale. The salted is... My fucking stale. So yeah. one of the best cinemas <laughs> with good popcorn is in Jewel. Their sweet popcorn oh. is really, it's always piping hot. Oh, oh my God, I didn't even know nice. there was a cinema in Jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Jewel. It's and, pretty good. Yeah, the salt is pretty good. So it's also one that. of the few cinemas with Adobe Atmos as well. So oh. good sound there. Okay. <laughs> Fun. what's your favorite snack? I can't look at you. Favorite snacks, Adam. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Uh, my favorite snack is damn um, ruffles. Oh, which one? Mm. Uh, oh my god, like sour cream and onion. <laughs> oh, cheese. My mine's cheese. Ruffles cheese. Is the I best. like cheese too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sour cream and onion. Um, okay. Yeah, ruffles. Something mm. you can't live without oxygen. <laughs> oh my god, get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Something I can't live without. Um, I feel like this is such a hard question. Take your time. Hmm. My discipline. Ooh. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, do you mind elaborating on that? Um. So I feel like motivation dies. 
passion fades and all that remains is discipline. Cheer. Mm. It's good. Yeah, so sometimes you just got to wake up and you got to do the things that you don't feel like doing because you have to do it, right? And mm. that's discipline. And it applies to everything, right? Like work, uh, working out, or, you know, like you just want to get better at stuff, right? So you just got to keep, you know, plugging away, right? And you're just going to improve. You, maybe you won't improve every day, but over a long run, like the stock market, it increases. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to ask you, actually, sorry to segue, mm. but um, how long did it take for you to prepare for that um, boxing match that you did? Um, so, uh, does context, boxing. yeah. Oh, uh, so he actually did. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. So, you did a boxing match? He did. Yeah, so, yeah. it was like a. I think I asked him three years ago, Fahan, because he, he, he likes boxing a lot. So, I said, Fahan, if you ever did a boxing match, what would your walk in song be? Because it'd be like a badass song. And he went, Pokemon. Nice. And everyone thought he was kidding, right? Everyone laughed. Ha ha, Fahan, you're a hoot. He did his exhibition match three years later. He really walked well out done. to Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. Well yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I want to be the very best that no one ever was. Oh, <laughs> How long did you train for that? Uh, two and a half months, I think. Like, was it just it, breast yeah. meat, um, sleeping at 8 p.m. every night, jogging? and? No, not at all. I did cut out alcohol, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, I trained essentially three, four times a week. Uh boxing i mean to, to give a bit of context i used to box pretty much uh, a lot uh five six years ago and i stopped five six years ago and then uh got back into it because someone asked me to mm. to join a, a bout so i said okay sure why not and i did it uh but yeah it was two and a half months before the fight and yeah just kept you know i think it was i think i felt good because like i felt it as a routine mm. and you felt like you were working towards a goal mm. uh yeah just train and I, I, so for me, so a lot of people ask me like, cause I lost, right? Uh, unfortunately to a Russian guy who hits motherfucking heart. <laughs> uh, I, I have a story for this. So, so the boxing match happened on a Friday and he punched me on my left eye. Uh, so I had a bruise, a very bad welt, purple and blue. Uh, and the next day, uh, my girlfriend and I went out for brunch. Now this, this happened at the height of the Johnny Depp Amber, Amber Heard chase. <laughs> oh no. Right? Oh God. So we went out for brunch. I was sitting uh, at the counter with her. We were eating. Oh well, we, before we were going to eat, the waitress comes over, sees my left eye, my very bruised left eye. I can see the sh shock and horror on her face <laughs> and she looks at me and then she looks at my girlfriend and, and she's smiles. like, oh my God, is this girl also Amber Heard? <laughs> <laughs> and I pretend to cower at the chair. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, so my point, sorry, my whole point of that story was that um, I, I, I think for me, it's like when you go inside, I just wanted to make sure that I performed to the best of my ability, whatever yeah. it was and whatever the result was didn't matter. Yeah, so discipline, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great I love answer. that. That yeah. tells me a lot about you as a person. That yeah. that's a valued thing for you. Mm. Um, for me, it so I hate saying this because I sound so fucking cheesy. Say it. Hope. Ah. <laughs> I know. God. Cringe, 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 cringe. Miss Singapore. Cringe. No, 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 no. no it's all. not cringe, man. It's not, not at all. It's so no, cringe. You need hope. Yeah. But I, I think if I didn't have it, I just wouldn't be still alive. Yeah. yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Same. There's not much in this earth that's. I find if I would objectively look at this world, I'm very disappointed. 
Um, and I, but then at the same time, like you know, what gives me hope is that the peeps, there are people who I meet which are just such wonderful specimens of Thanks. humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Present company excluded. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives me hope, and that's enough for me to feel good about it. Because yeah. I don't think I can live without so many things, you know, like yeah, nothing material. And if we were to think about conceptually as well, like routine's not something I really need, or yeah, it's really yeah. hope just for me to feel like there is something worth living for. I love that. Yeah, something you wish the world didn't have. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll always be a bully, though. I think if it wasn't mm, him, there'll always be a right? bully. It's like the whole, like, if how do you know light if there's no darkness, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Mm. Mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think of something that I really dislike and I think the world could do without. It's funny that you said mosquitoes because <laughs> uh, zoologists actually did a study on if the world would be better without mosquitoes. And, and, and they said yes. <laughs> and uh, other than the possibility of maybe one or two very, very unmissable like spider species going away. Nah. The rest of the world would it actually will not damage the ecosystem. See, I at knew all. it. Da -da. I absolutely knew it. Other than one or two spider strains. So I hate cockroaches the most. <laughs> but people have done studies that cockroaches actually unnecessary, unnecessary yeah. which pisses me off. <laughs> the fact that you say that mosquitoes are unnecessary makes me hate them even more. <laughs> God. So apparently, but we will never know for sure. Like yeah. this is a question where we're trying to play God, you know? <laughs> so I I mean, I I actually do think greed would be my answer. Mm. Yeah. I've I don't think I've ever seen a situation where greed has played out well for anyone. Yeah. What's a trait in all your uh what's a trait that all your favorite people have in common? Oh. Mm. Hmm. I'm looking at Adam now. I'm trying to figure out what <laughs> no, he has not. in common with yeah, your lying people. <laughs> Musicians are all very weird, though. Uh. I think creatives are a little bit strange. Yeah, as it should be. I mean, we're not the only ones like exclusive to weird. I feel like weirder is everywhere. I've met bankers who are fucking weird. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But they're, they're not like the kind of cute kind of weird. They're just no, weird. they're wankers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what they are. Sorry, are. my banker friends. They're a picture of like they'll watch in front of a Yeah, yeah like it's, it, it's obscenely weird, you know, <laughs> the way that they are sometimes. Um, uh, empathy. No. Oh my God, I was just going to say empathy. Like that literally was the word. Yeah, was but then of. I've met so many artists who are complete narcissists as well. So but they're not your favorite people. Yeah, right? your favorite yeah. people. Oh, yeah. my favorite. Oh, it, yeah. this is exclusive. Yeah, empathy. Yeah, then it would be definitely empathy. Yeah, I was going to say that. They have empathy. a sensitivity about them uh, and it's not a self-centered sensitivity. It's a, it's a very generous sensitivity to the things around them. One thing that I personally really get annoyed at is when people almost look down on excitement. Which yeah. I think is kind of empathy. So I remember, I, um, I, I won't call him a friend anymore because like we kind of fell out. Um, but when someone's excitedly talking about something, he'll just like make some snarky comment or go mm, like, yeah, oh, I hear that. Yeah. I hear oh wow, that. Yeah. there's two minutes I'll never get back. And then when you get upset, he goes, bro, I'm just joking lah, bro. Why, why are you sensitive? Nah, that's, hmm. that's not very No, it's an awful thing. And I think that if you, which is one thing I appreciate about Farhan actually as a person or like a lot of people in my life is that when your friend is excited about something, you root for them and you're happy for them. Yeah. Which is something I think all the best people have. 
Yeah, I agree. And simple things like if you're having a hard time, like you know, just appreciating that you, you know that you're not the center of the universe and that someone's going through a hard time. That's not very difficult. Someone's having joy, you share that joy. And uh, the worst part about it is if you're trying to make a joke out of everything and you're not consistent on when you choose when a joke is and when isn't, that yeah. means you're a very incongruent person. Yeah, absolutely. So on on that note, what's something all your hated people have in common? <laughs> A bad sense of fashion. <laughs> it can be quite criminal, yes. <laughs> um, mm. Let's see. Uh, Main character energy. Oh, this, nice. That's a fucking good one. Yeah. Main character energy. Yeah. Elaborate. It's like they think they're the main character in the world like no no dude like you're not the main character no, no one man. gives a shit yeah. <laughs> no one gives a shit yeah. yeah no i main character energy that's the mm. best way to i yeah i've kind of had recently had to encounter that and it mm. blew, blows my mind mm. when sometimes people do this whole like oh yeah everyone's an extension of me you know oh kiss my ass right like it's one of those like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. <laughs> or every story relates to them like you oh, tell yeah. them a story yes. and then they would just kind of like relate it back to you themselves I'm like, I think oh, it's a, like this is finally relating because I guess there's a level of empathy as well but then it gets very weird when once again when mm. the narrative is you yep. you know it's got nothing to do with the other person yeah I think uh, cruelty would be mine Oh my god, now my answer sounds No! <laughs> Stop Dude, saying that fine. I'm envious okay. of your answer. Like main character syndrome is like, yeah, a real yeah. thing. No, I'm I really actually hate gonna with main character syndrome. I'm mm. I'm probably gonna tweet about that later because like I so relate to that. Main character syndrome. Yeah. But cruelty, like yeah. downright yeah. cruel people are just the or or I don't know where this cruelty maybe I need now I'm not fascinated. I need to go back and read about cruelty later and how it's formed and why it is so because I just yeah, it's behavior that's really heartbreaking to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Best piece of advice you've ever been given. You are exactly where you need to be right now in your life. Yeah. Who told you that? Oh, I can't remember. No, myself in the mirror. <laughs> you know, someone told me that oh shit, it was so long ago. It was sometime in school. Um yeah, someone told me you are exactly where you need to be and your point in life and you don't have to rush it. You know, uh, different people go at different pace in, you know, their lives and it's fine if you're a bit later or you're earlier. Uh, yeah. It sounds like, okay, so for mine, it was quite similar. Uh, sort of kind of inch, but like, no, it, uh, no, it's, okay. it sounds quite similar to what my little sister told me. So like, I'm really close to my little sister and there was one day, like, I think, particularly bad event i think I, I lost money or like a whole like it's just a whole bunch of bad stuff happened and i was i was looking i'll just sit, sit in my room and she went you know am i am i a failing entrepreneur and she goes like oh do you know that when you base and she's a smart kid when you base your self-worth on external variables like how much money did you earn how much did you do um whether people whether you got an award whether you had this many likes or something like that life is not meant to be seen as a failure or a success. And then what you should be looking at is what you're doing is brave. And if you say that you're brave, then that's the basis of it, whether you succeed or not. Mm. Until today, I still like remember that line. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. Bravery, bravery to me is a really interesting thing because people expect you to be brave without, like brave is the absence of fear, but to me is brave and fear. No, I, I think brave is... You need 
fear in order to be brave. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think it's a really amazing quality, which is kind of why I love Harry Potter to me. It's like the perfect uh, story about bravery. Oh my god, bravery. do you play the game? Not yet. Uh, I haven't wanted Is it good? To. I've been hearing it's good. Um, <laughs> my brother's been enjoying it. So. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's great. I, um, I've... I, have, I really want to. It's 90 bucks though. I'm not ready to drop hey, 90 honestly, bucks for and endless amount of my okay, time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Um, okay, minus the fact that endless, po- endless points of time, right? Yeah. If you shift the mindset, if I say 90 bucks for a game or 90 bucks for happiness. No, I'm- 90 bucks for happiness it's very expensive, is man. Inflation. <laughs> inflation. No, don't get me wrong. I have no problems paying 90 bucks for a game. I think the, the bigger cost Potter is the- like, Yeah, I would have no problems paying 90 bucks yeah. for it. It's the more the same cause of like, if I paid $90 for a game, I'm going to tell play myself so much. how much I'm going to play it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's going to destroy my life for a while. Who you guys- um, Which house do you guys think you'll be in? I'm a Slytherin. Slytherin. Oh, high five. Oh, hey, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I would I like to Slytherin. say- I, I think I'll be a Hufflepuff. No, I, w- I actually did the test. There was a test, right? There was on, a test. On Pot- a Pottermore. Pottermore. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was Slytherin. I was a Ravenclaw. I can't remember yeah. what Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw was. But I, I, I relate the most to Hufflepuff <laughs> for some weird reason. Oh. Okay, wait. Sidetrack. Um, so, best piece of advice you've ever been given, Inch? Well, I think I've said it a few times here. Just suck less every day. <laughs> 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 who That's, told you that I, I think I first heard it from a drummer called Wen Ming So who is like a, a really not renowned drummer uh, mm. in the jazz scene he's really good and he was running his business one day very crankily and then uh, I just was chilling out with him one day and he gave me this pep talk because I was kind of struggling a little bit that day I had a very bad newspaper review mm. for some reason I think the writer was out to get me mm. and then who's the writer I don't remember at all. I don't remember. I don't know who wrote it, but it was it was a it was like it's okay to give me a bad review, but there was it was quite mean spirited, which mm. the part that I had difficulty digesting. And then his best advice was this: like you know, it doesn't matter what he says, but like just suck less every day. And mm. I was like, yeah, I can get behind that. I don't have to be amazing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, inspired. Um, how do you protect your energy? Oh. I'm still struggling with that one. I am someone born in a household with poor boundaries. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I still struggle with that, you know? I'm I'm one of the I'm I freely give my energy all the fucking time and I don't even realize I'm empty most of the time. I feel the same way as you actually. Yeah. I remember I saw this little cartoon strip about this guy who's completely like like a cartoon that's completely white. And then there's someone who's about to jump off of a building. And they're filled with like blackness. Mm. And so the white character touches them and then the the shadows go into his arms. Mm. And then he goes to another couple who's arguing and he touches the person and then the shadows go back into him. Mm. And then by the end of the day, he's completely filled in darkness. Mm. But everyone around him is smiling. Right. Yeah. So, it, it, so I, I guess sometimes it feels that way in life. Yeah, and I think it's really for me, I can only speak for myself, like the, I think the concept of realizing that your energy is worth protecting is a foreign concept to me, you know, because it's always been like, 
every like from when I was born, I was just like energy to everybody, you yeah. know, and that was the default practice, and that was normalized in my life. So, um, and at the same time, like I, I, I'm very cautious about taking people's energy because I feel undeserving of it, or maybe I just don't want to as oh, much. No, no, you deserve <laughs> every good thing in your life. Yeah. So yeah. I'm usually quite cautious about that. So it's something that like I, I think to me, I need to sort of like still figure out. So I have no answer for this one. <laughs> okay, how, wait, then I'll phrase it for you. Mm -hmm. How would you like to start protecting your energy? Say no. No, it's not. I mean, I'm <laughs> getting better at that, but it's not so much. It's more of like, I think the root of the problem isn't so much. Like, I don't want to treat the symptoms, like say no, prescriptive that way. Mm. I think I need to figure out how to bring value to my energy. I need to see value in my energy, mm. which I'm, that's the step one. Okay. Fahan? Wow. I mean, it's funny because- It's a tethered spirit? No, no. Like, I don't- uh, it, It's similar to instance that I don't protect my energy, but I think it's simply because I feel like it's good to give. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good to me it too. It feels good to give. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think to, I guess, sort of paraphrase someone who said this, um, give as much as you can, right? Because- not everyone has the same level of uh, energy as you. Maybe you have more, someone else is less. Uh, mm. So just give as much as you can because then the world is a better place. Uh. Um, and yeah, when you when you give, you feel better about yourself, I guess. I mean, then of course, when you give to someone who doesn't deserve it, so the one time you give and then you realize, eh, the guy yeah, not everyone starts. deserves kindness. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then you just don't give to this person. Really? Do you believe that? That not everyone deserves kindness? Oh, no, no. no Sorry, um, I... I, I Kill them with kindness. No, um, I, I, <laughs> I don't believe everyone deserves your kindness. Uh. Which is, I think, because then it, it lessens the ability for you to give it to people who deserve it. Mm. So I, I think that, and this coming from someone that wanted to help everyone, mm. and I was taken advantage of a lot of times. And then mm. after, as a result, I just felt like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I deserve to be treated this way. But that's not the case. No. Yeah. No. I don't think deserve. I very uncomfortable with the word deserve all the time. I, just, I see. Yeah. yeah, the word deserve is a very heavy word to me. Yeah, you deserve happiness, Inch. <laughs> I, yeah, I, even I. I feel like I don't deserve anything. We oh, don't no. deserve like, anything. Like, <laughs> like, like, therapy session. What's it? What, what was it? Trauma? What's your trauma? <laughs> It's a combination of both of you, people pleasing and <laughs> like abandonment issues. <laughs> in one. Yeah, actually, wait, can I ask, um, um, what did you mean by abandonment issues, Fahan? Oh my God, are we really going there? <laughs> Do we have like, we're running out of time. We're running out of time, yeah, but we can, we can run a little bit. Um, no, this is literally the last two questions. In, in, in oh, okay. Uh, are you, no one cares, right? I care. <laughs> I'm your bro. <laughs> I, uh, I care. Single parent family, you know, and then your uh, dad leaves you, blah, 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 blah. Same old shit. Everyone yeah. has the same story. <laughs> Not everyone, <laughs> but I have a similar story. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. yeah, it just took some time for me to realize that uh, that I had abandonment issues. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, it was diagnosed or whatever. Yeah. Oh, wait, what do you mean it was diagnosed? No, as in like, okay, I mean, no one actually like medically diagnosed me, but people like, like your your partners all say like why are you so concerned with people leaving people leaving yeah mm. am I not good enough blah 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 blah. I see yeah yeah I mean similar it's very common for people to internalize abandonment especially 
when you're young, because like you are, and to me it was diff- I, from my circumstance. Uh, my father's well left, and he was a very hot, coal uh, sort of a uh, character. Yeah, it's. I think it's easier if they were just like mean the whole way through, but when they're the hot, hot coal makes it difficult. It so. makes it difficult because you crave for that the yeah. good all the time. That's why people love slot machines. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> No, no, I mean, no, I mean, it's a psychological thing that yeah. if it's a vending machine, you put in money, something comes out, 100%. Yeah. But a slot machine, you're waiting for that rush that yeah. comes by with. So when someone is usually harsh to you and once in a while they'll be kind, you crave that kindness so much. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the breadcrumb that you kind of seek for. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, when my dad left, it was just pretty simple for me. It was like, oh, okay. I, I guess like we weren't good enough for him, you mm. know, and like, or we weren't, I wasn't up to snuff for him to, to want to do any of these things enough, you know, and it's still, I'm still struggling with it as well. Cause when something cruel happens, like I usually internalize that cruelty, I ask myself whether I did it wrong. Like what could I have altered the change? Like what could I have done better? Yep. Um, but then I'm slowly trying to get to the state where like, yeah, when people do bad things, it reflects more about them than you. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Second last question. A movie is made about your life. What plays in the opening and ending credits? What? Is it music? Yeah. What song do you choose for the opening and ending credits? Oh. Hmm. Uh, the ending song would be Stereosonic Closing Time. I'm so glad it wasn't <laughs> Pokemon. I got to catch them all. <laughs> and the start? Pokemon, I got to catch them all. Probably something from Hans Zimmer, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, sorry. I like Hans Zimmer. Interstellar? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I just, maybe I just want him to compose something for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be yeah. nice. Fair. I really like Hans Zimmer, like Spotify's, you know, what What do you call that? Roundup, uh, Animal Roundup, the top artist for the past always Hans three, Zimmer. four years has always been Hans Zimmer. Do you gym to Hans Zimmer? Oh, no, I do not. Okay, do sure. Not. <laughs> yeah. Inch? Um, I think it would be a track by, produced by John Bryan, sung by Beck, part of the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Oh Life. my God, I love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, it would be Everybody Learns Sometime. Oh, uh, yeah. Change of heart, it will astound you. That one. Yeah, it's a really good song. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Everybody's got to learn sometime. John Bryan's one of my favorite producers. And uh, playing out, it would be... Wow. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I can answer the playing out one. I I want it silence. I think that's your answer then. Yeah, I want yeah. it silence. I can tell you what the middle song is. Oh, say it. Uh, Killing of the Name of by Rage Against the Machines. <laughs> oh my God. The viewer's going to be I so confused. Yeah, I know. I was going to be what the? Wait, what? What? Fuck you, I thought I this was a nice film. Me. <laughs> Fuck you, I won't do what you And then silence. <laughs> And then, and then it's silence. Okay, so speaking of silence, the last question I have is: if you could decide, if you could decide the last thing you say before you die, what would you like to say? Yeah, I went deep. Mm. Uh, uh, who who am I saying this to? Whoever you want. You can say um, it to me. <laughs> Adam, you're not that good of a writer. <laughs> Adam still owe me the commission. <laughs> silence is good for a podcast. 
question. I'm sure they can cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, uh, I don't. It, it, it was my twist on Fahan's. Um, yeah, it's a really good one, yeah. you know. Thanks. Yeah, it's a really. I'm gonna steal that question. Yeah, do it. I take mean, it. Yeah. it. Is there an audience? <laughs> Or what? Is there an audience in my passing moment, or am you I... can choose? Who, you you could be with your loved one. You could be with your family. You could oh, be okay, your okay. dog. Okay. Mm. May your best day in the past be your worst day in the future. <laughs> Damn! And they just go. Ugh. <laughs> 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 it <was> like, <laughs> your wife's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Isn't that great? Like, it. then I tell people that, right? May yeah. your best day in the past be your worst day in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do the Citizen Kane thing. Rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs> and then I die. <laughs> just to confuse people. Or, or, or that or a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because it's one of my all-time favorite books and I'll right. be like, the answer to life is 42. 42. And then you just die. Oh, like, there was enough space on that door, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What I would do is um, I would write a book and then I'll purposely put like like a, a, a very sweet line on one of the pages. And my last words would be, This life electric, page 42. First line. This guy is there. And then you go to that page, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's sweet. I was like, oh, I said the name wrong. Oh, God. Okay, so thanks so much for coming, guys. Thanks um, for having me. Before I end, can you guys say what you guys have going on this year um, and where people can find you? Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, no, I have to think about this. So you can go ahead. <laughs> uh, I have a new record coming out. So Woo! I'm actually going after this and then a month's time, I'll be heading back to the States to finish recording it. Nice. Uh, and yeah, the first single will probably drop at the tail end of the year. So watch out for wow. it. Yeah. Man, I have nothing exciting. Oh, the way, um, <laughs> your Instagram, like where can you Oh, find yes, it? you can find me on Instagram at thisisinch or on Twitter at inchtra. Okay. Um... I guess I can plug my job. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you like stories of, uh, you know, stories that make you ponder, make you think, uh, perhaps uh, you want to learn a bit more about business or, you know, trying to make change, you can go to readaplus.com. Uh, that's read a and then spell out plus.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram as the second Mr. Han. And I'm on LinkedIn. So boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn as Farhan Shah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, thanks so much for coming, guys. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yay.